and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This week we have on Julia Don Cayesco. And before she starts talking, she's a former teacher, spent more than five years as a teacher teaching fifth graders. She's very educated on pointing our kids to Christ and how to do that. And I just want to remind you with this spring season that God can do something new within you if you let him. And Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it just says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When we can't make a way, when you can't make a way, when your friends or family or teachers or classmates or coworkers or whatever, when they can't make a way, God can make a way. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And before this interview plays, I just want to remind you to remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Just know that God might be doing a new thing. It's not the next thing or the last thing or the old thing or the former things like the scripture says in Isaiah. He might be doing a new thing. And it even asks in this Bible verse, do you not perceive it? Do you not recognize what God is doing in your life? So just as the spring season is happening now and we're enjoying it, and as we're just thinking about our children, God asks us in the Bible to have childlike faith. So as Julia is talking, even if you do not have children, I pray that God can use this message to speak to your heart and just point you to Christ. And Isaiah 26, 12, I love this scripture. So I'm just going to encourage you with this today, no matter where you are, if you're working out, if you're going on a walk, if you're driving, if you're showering, I don't know. Um, but just know Isaiah 26, 12, and you can just send this up in a prayer to God and thanksgiving to him. Lord, you established peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. All that we have accomplished, Lord, you have done it for us. So enjoy this interview with my friend, Julia. She's talking to us from Pensacola Beach. Yes, the white sandy beaches, the best place in the whole wide world. Northwest Florida, just the best place. So enjoy this conversation with my dear friend, Julia. How's it going, Julia? We are well. How are you? Good. I love you and I love just your spirit. I'm really curious for the person listening who's a parent and their kids, you know, they want their kids to know God. How do you start introducing to your children prayer and just the understanding that we can just pray like, thank you, Jesus. We can just like get out of our car and put our hands up and be like, thank you, Jesus, (laughs) whatever. Like, how do you make it tangible for your kids to understand prayer? Yeah, I would say when in teaching them, it just is like with any, with any other thing and that you're going to teach them, it really takes, you know, consistent modeling. And I would say that has been a way that my faith has grown now in the last two years since the quiet times haven't been as quiet. Um, Just, you know, whatever I'm thinking in my head, instead of keeping it in my head, I just say it out loud. Right. So if, you know, if one of the kids stubs a toe or um, notices that like 
something like their leg's going to fall off based on what they're saying. Um, we say, or I'll just make mention like, okay, we need to stop and pray. And, you know, sometimes they'll be reluctant to pray or if, if they're really frustrated or angry with either each other or with me, uh, they might not want to pray. And I just let them know, like, no, actually we need to stop what we're doing. We need to pray. And, you know, if there's, if there's ever a moment that comes up that, I mean, the Lord wants us to pray all the time. Right. So, and he wants us to just kind of keep this open dialogue with him. Mm -hmm. So just modeling that to the kids in whether we're frustrated or angry or rejoicing or sad or really any, any, any emotion we're feeling, we can kind of say like, well, you know, when, when they notice that the scab on their knee has fallen off and is healed, then it's praise the Lord. This is healed. Right. If it's somebody is sad when we're, you know, walking and there might be a girl crying on the phone to somebody, um, which has happened several times on the beach where we live. We see really? some emotional distress among college age <laughs> girls um, that are spring break. Like, <laughs> basically, yeah, spring break causes a bunch of uh, emotion for what, at least that's how we have, what we have seen in the last week or so. What? And if they notice a girl crying. Sorry um, to laugh. I know it, it reminds me of when I was in college and yes. we cry about things that were very important at the time, but right. in retrospect, um, yeah, less important, but in that just life in general, I mean, right. the kids will cry over, it's all relative, I suppose, but it's all know. relative. Yes. Spilled <laughs> milk, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's all the same. So if we notice, you know, somebody upset or somebody angry, um, and the kids see it too, then it, it really is an opportunity to pray for that person. And so we, I mean, we don't necessarily stop them to pray with them, mm-hmm. um, but we'll, we'll pray for them in passing or at nap time or something. And it really has been a good lesson for me that, you know, God does want us to have that open dialogue. For instance, when the kids are frustrated and don't feel like praying, it just reminds me of like, you know, I can't really get mad at that because I'm, I get that way, you know, like it almost is like, wow, that is human nature to just be so, you know, inward focused in your own situation that like you have no desire to talk to God, even after you've cultivated a relationship with God for, you know, however many years. And he's got you through so much. Right. And it's like, if I, if I, as an adult will sometimes just be so focused on my problem or, you know, or on my like non-problem, if I'm just happily going about my day, then, and I don't feel like, you know, either praising God or praying to God for his help, then it's like, yeah, that, I mean, this makes sense that they feel that way. And I, and I tell them that too, you know, like, well, sometimes mommy doesn't want to pray, but God wants us to pray. God wants us to talk to him. Mm. He's happy when we talk to him in the same way that you're happy when I talk to you and just kind of equating it to what they can understand. I think another way that we kind of incorporate honoring God with the kids, um, we, for instance, like we're not legalistic about the music that we listen to. 
Um, however, with the kids, it is important for Lisan and I, my husband, that right. we only listen to worship music in front of the kids. Okay. Yeah. Talk uh, to us about that. Kids are so receptive right. and they have these memories that are just freakish. Right. And, you know, they, and they can just learn songs so quickly yes. that I think about, you know, I think about when I was a kid and I would just know every song on the radio. Right. And it didn't take but like a couple of times of hearing it because they write them to be catchy. Right. And whatever we put into our kids' minds will form their minds. True. And it's important to us to really immerse them in as much goodness as we can. And so that comes like, especially through music because we love music. So oh, whether yeah. it's, whether it's, my husband loves reggae music. Right. And so he might listen to different Christian bands that are um, playing worship reggae music. Okay. So it's still like the beach vibes and the fun, light music. But it's important to us that anything that they're going to start reciting aloud, that it really is worshipful, that it's good, that it is edifying to their spirit, that it's encouraging to the listener. So it's, it's important for us just to be, you know, kind of that gatekeeper. Right. And that is what the Lord is for us. Like, that's what he's trying to do. So much of what you were saying, I'm like, man, we individually can relate to this because as you are parenting your children, God is parenting us. He's our father. Um, And I want to ask you about a scripture, but I think it's important to know two things. One you used to be a teacher. So people who are listening to this, how, how long were you a teacher and what grade did you teach? Um, I taught fifth grade for a handful of years, under okay. seven. Under I can't seven. remember exactly how many. I think okay. five or six. Yeah. So five or six years, you were a school teacher. And what, you said fifth grade? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Always fifth grade. Yes. Okay. So I just think it's important for those listening, like when you're telling us this advice for parenting, that you have a background in education, in teaching. So that's great. The other thing I want people to know about you is I'm on a group text with you and a bunch of other moms and that you are always, not always, I mean, sometimes the conversations doesn't lead this way, but you're usually pointing people to scripture. So, I mean, if somebody's trying to like give some play balls away, you know, like for their kids, you're not going to be like <laughs> putting a scripture in there <laughs> for God so loved the world. No, I'm just kidding. But no, you know, you're always, if people are asking personal, like soul questions, spirit questions, you're leading them to God's word. And I just want to read the scripture to you. It's from James, Julia. And I would love for you to tell me what you think about it. It's James 1, 22 through 25. And it says, and it's a lot of scriptures, so hang with me, but it's, it's so good. It'll go right to your soul, right to your spirit. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So what does that scripture mean to you? 
it's exactly the way, I mean, it's, it's the accountability, right? Like when it comes to, for instance, on our group text, let's say if somebody mentions like, how would you handle this? Or in a small group of somebody's like, how would you handle this problem? Well, you know, there's a way there's like, I, as myself, like without the Lord, what would I do? Oh, I would want to tear that person apart if they're being hurtful to me or my friends or my family. Like I, in my human form, am not thinking what's best for the situation. In my human form, I'm thinking like, let's get even. Let let me tell you, like mama bear, friend bear, whatever it is. I want to make it right. Like you deserve justice. And essentially it's like, okay, pump the brakes. Like God wants us to seek him first. You know, he wants us to take everything that we have learned, all the people that he has surrounded us with that are there as our community to, I mean, that's why he tells us not to neglect meeting with our, with our people. You know, he wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to stir each other up in the face. He doesn't want us to end up, you know, jumping on the woe is me bandwagon. Exactly. It would be easy to do that. And, and honestly, a lot of times it would be justified by the world standards that, especially when you're wrong, then it's just like an outright wronging. But, you know, Jesus was outright wronged. And he, like, right. he hung on a cross. He did not deserve to be there. Everybody knew he didn't deserve to be there, yet he did. And he didn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible tells us that we need to make sure that we are being gentle, humble, kind, respectful pointing people to Jesus, not boasting ourselves up. It says that we need to be in all things, be a a peacemaker, that blessed are the peacemakers, that we should be doing everything in our power to maintain peace, to establish peace, to really mend what it is that we're given because God is a creator. He is a redeemer. He is a mender. We are made in his image. Mm. We have, our old selves have died. Our new selves are living in Christ, for Christ, to do Christ's will, to proclaim his name. And if we don't want to wreck our, like we will straight up wreck our witness to Jesus if we do not continue to pursue him and encourage those around us to pursue him. Right. And so just my scripture-based woman, I love you, Julia. I've got to know, what's your favorite Bible verse that's helping you in this season? I wouldn't say it's necessarily, I mean, like, it's great. I wouldn't say it's yeah. necessarily, like, a favorite. I would say the it's really grating to me as okay. a, like, into my spirit, which is good. I think anytime that we feel offended by the word of God, like, that's kind of a good thing. Like, it's, I mean, it stinks because yeah. he's kind of spotlighting, you know, those areas that you need to to work on. Right. Um, but thankfully he doesn't give us more than we can handle. So, and he's there to like comfort us and teach us through all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, something that has been a good word for me in this season, um, has been in Ephesians four, one through three, which it's kind of goes along with what you were saying with like being a doer. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. 
Mm. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, finding yourselves together in peace. Amen. And I mean, it can be so tough to be gentle sometimes, right? You know, when the world is offensive right. and you just see it, like when things are just so blatantly wrong and it seems like nobody's doing anything about it and that the body of Christ is so divided. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the Lord tells us that when the body of Christ comes together in love and is united in the bond that he has given us, that the world will know peace. Mm. That the world will know that he is the true son of God. Yet we, as the body of Christ are so divided that right. we are basically putting a, a wall up between the world and Jesus. Right. Right. It's our, it's our responsibility to not be those who are building this wall to keep the world from God. It's our responsibility to be helping people. And so when, I mean, I definitely think there's instances when it is important for us to like confront brothers and sisters in Christ and to encourage them back into the way of the Lord, but to do that privately, not in like a public forum, like a on social media post or, you know, really inserting our opinions into different things uh, because I have a ton of opinions and so do, so do you and so does right. everybody else. But it's not edifying to really any of us if it's malicious or if it's aggressive, even if it's aggressive for the good of God, it's like, okay, but is that how Jesus would frame his statement? Right. You know, those old bracelets of like, what would Jesus do? Yes. Like, Realistically, what would he do? Do I really think Jesus would be sitting scrolling Facebook and then commenting on your, you know, former coworkers post that doesn't agree with your opinion or line up with your ideals theologically? Like, right. no, I don't think he would. <laughs> no. Yeah, he would. So here, and it's so funny that you talk about this. Uh, just the phrase fighting my battles has just been something mm. that our family's been talking about lately. Um, you know, with that song where it's like, this is yeah. how I fight my battles, you know, that song. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So Exodus fourteen fourteen says the Lord will fight for you and you mm-hmm. have only to be silent. And there's one more verse I would like to read Deuteronomy 20 verse four for the Lord, your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. And so we just need to be silent. Like we just need to be silent. And this is how we fight our battles. Like on our knees, you know, with our hands up in surrender, like we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be dismayed. Like God's got this, the Lord will be with you. And so just when you were talking about, I would just never thought that we would be talking about how we're fighting our battles in this conversation. But when you said that, it's like, that's it. Like the Lord is with you. We don't have anything to fear. Like he is fighting for you. We just have to like love him and seek him and be silent. (laughs) Well, and yeah. And at the end of the day, like God says, you know, our pride is what's going to be our downfall. You know, our pride will ultimately humble us. Mm -hmm. And 
when we choose to allow our spirits to be humbled by God and by his love for us, that's when we will gain honor. Amen. And, you know, it doesn't matter what someone thinks about, you know, for instance, the way that we are raising our children, right? At the end of the day, if we know that we're being faithful to the call that God has for our lives, um, that's, that's really all that matters. Right, right. And it's not my responsibility to go outside of the lane that God has put me in. I think a lot of times we'll think like, oh, what's my purpose? What is my, like, what is the call that God has on my life? Like what right. big thing does God want me to do? Well, I mean, it's not, it's not scripture, but mother Teresa says you want to make an impact, go home and love your family. Amen. God has made me a mother. I mean, we did not plan for it to happen the way that it happened in the timing <laughs> that it happened, but God put that in our laps. He, yeah. he gave me two children to raise and, and to raise up for his good, for his glory. So right. at the end of the day, it's, okay, what can I do in this moment with, you know, my will to the side, my preferences to the side? What can I do in this moment with these children? How can I approach them? How can I help them? How can I lead them to Jesus? How can I point them to Jesus? Are they, how can I help them to understand and put authority in the proper mindset how can i how can i help my kids to one day be able to lead someone else's grandchildren to jesus hmm. it's interesting when you start thinking about like a generational impact that we have because i can remember things from my childhood that like hurt or you know people that hurt my feelings and what if we could raise our children to not only like repair those hurt feelings when of course they're going to end up hurting a kid's feelings one day. So if they can learn to be, you know, loving in a way that seeks forgiveness from others, if we can do that, then imagine what the impact can be on that child when they learn how to forgive, how to surrender, how to say sorry and then to know where they stand with Jesus, like they can approach him. They don't have to fear, you know, punishment. They know that, you know, they will be forgiven. They will be loved. They are loved. Right. But if nobody teaches them that, then it's, it's just a disservice at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I've met a good group of girlfriends through a small group, but before that, I didn't even know what what a community of believers would look like or do for me in a like spiritual sense or like why that was even really that important. Right. Um, until I saw it in one of my friends, she had a group that as married couples they met together. And I just remember asking her, I'm like, so tell me about that. And then I just prayed for it. And you know, God moved legit mountains to make it happen for me. Mm. And because he wants you in community, he wanted me in a community, he wanted me to meet people that would be fellow believers and fellow encouragers and people that would teach me because we're all part of the body and we're not all the same. So it's like, I need to hear something that might be a blind spot to me. 
but it's not a blind spot to you. Right. So what I'm saying basically is that God will answer your prayer for a community because sometimes I felt like I was so far removed from the idea of like where I would find a community or how I would go about getting into a small group that would work for me. Um, I just felt that it was like miles away from where I was. Mm -hmm. And so I just asked God, like, God, make me care about this kind of thing. Make me want to pursue friendship with other believers because right now I don't really want to, but I don't really feel like it. And he made me, I mean, as best I could say, like he really changed my outlook and changed my mind and changed my heart and made it become something that has transformed our family. That's awesome. Yes. You guys are a great example. Um, you know, our kids are younger than yours, so you guys are a great example to us and love going to church with you guys. And I'm just, I really appreciate you as a friend because you do text me scripture to encourage me like this last thing. And we'll, we'll end it here. We'll do our prayer at the end. But one day you texted me the scripture and I'll never forget it, but you texted me Psalm 139, just like the whole thing um, in the TPT translation. So (laughs) the passion translation, but Mm -hmm. specifically verses three through four say, you are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know, every step I will take before my journey begins. And so just your challenge right there of like asking God, asking God for things that maybe you're not seeking right now, asking him before you even start a sentence, he knows the words you're about to speak. So I just encourage you with what Julia said, just like tell God what's on your heart. Um, Thank you for that. Just thank you for the encouragement. And is there anything else you'd like to share, Julia? I think that the best thing we can do is to notice the situations that God is putting you in, the people that you consistently end up around and right. realize that your purpose is right there in front of you. Right. Amen. Pointing whatever is going on around you, whomever is around you, your purpose is to point them to Jesus. Yep. That's not it. to yourself. Right. Yes. So when we're asking, what is my calling? All this stuff. Jesus is the answer. He is it. You said it earlier. He is it. So Thank you so much, Julia. And I just close out every podcast um, just praying in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray we decrease and God, you increase in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram 
Laura Loken. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs>